Yes, sir. As promised, the latest edition of the Car Session Sports Report. I am your host, Jav. And I know you're probably looking around like it's not Monday. Why are we getting a new car session? But, you know, I had to make a bit of a scheduling adjustment because I had a personal matter, a wedding for a friend to attend on Monday. Yes, a Monday. So I had to push car sessions back a couple of days. But here I am. Car session sports report. Let's get right into it. Let's not waste any time. I was a little stuck about what I wanted to talk about. I knew I was coming on Thursday. I knew I knew I had to cover some things in sports. But sometimes, as we all know as sports fans, there's not many interesting stories to talk about. But then LeBron James showed up, people. King James himself. In Boston, a city that he loves to torture, showed up in a major way. After big time in the media, when when asked about the magnitude of the showdown in Boston, I've been in six straight finals, you asking the wrong person. LeBron James went out there and performed like it was a big game, like it was a massive game. But... When I say like a big game and a massive game, I'm not talking necessarily about they really wanted first place in the Eastern Conference. What what really took place last night, what really took place last night was the Cavaliers and more specifically the King himself sending a message to second place, third place, fourth place, all the way through eighth place in the Eastern Conference. This Cavs team, as long as I'm on the team, and as long as my gears are clicking, are no joke, and I have no answers for us when I pull up with the A game. It was a message, not even just the East, I think it was a message for the league. Warriors, we see y'all, we see the winning streak, and we raise y'all primetime in Boston Smokehouse. 23 point victory and the game was never close. Isaiah Thomas kids pre-game dapping up LeBron James completely set tripping before the biggest regular season game of daddy's career in in Boston when it got smoked. I would ground if I was Isaiah Thomas, I would ground those two kids right now for for set tripping and dapping up the enemy. You dap him in the offseason. Big game kids. Matter of fact, I don't even know why the kids was on the court before such a big game. Whole city Whole city of Boston and they feelings right now like Drake and his motion record. That Yeah, I picked this record on purpose because that was the motion last night. Yeah, 23-point blowout, absolutely. I'm, I came away very impressed with Cleveland because I'm not going to lie to you guys. I was starting to really look at this Cavaliers team like the 2011 Lakers who just ran out of gas at the end of the season. A part of me was wondering... Is this a situation of running out of gas? Or did the Cavaliers the past two years completely game the system? Like, we know exactly what it takes. We know what what kind of energy is going to require. We know know what kind of intensity, what kind of intestinal fortitude, what, 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 what kind of ferocity will be necessary to win a championship. So why are we going hard right now? You know? 
A team that's tired cannot pull out a performance like the one they pulled out last night. All right, let's call a spade a spade. A part, a part of what took place last night was definitely the Celtics, you know, not necessarily bringing their A game. And because the magnitude of the, of the moment and the fact that there's not many players who've been in this situation, Al Horford, to me, is an overpaid player. He's not someone I want to lean on in a big game. These guys have not been in this position. So when the lights were on and the wheels fell off, they didn't know how to respond. I'll say that this blowout, while it's a, it's a big smudge, it's a humongous smudge against the Boston Celtics this season, it was a learning experience. I believe that if the Eastern Conference Finals rolls around, and if it is Boston and Cleveland, the next haymaker that Boston receives from Cleveland, they'll respond a lot better than what they got last night. I don't think they anticipated Apex LeBron, you know, pulling up the way he pulled up last night. Let's look at the stat line real quick. This man, in 36 minutes, excuse me, in 38 minutes, dropped 36 points on 14 of 22 shooting. Still had the nerve to have 10 rebounds, 6 assists, and 2 blocks. The nerve of LeBron to have such a great game last night. On top of all of that, you still got Kevin Love in there with a double-double. 16 rebounds, impressive performance. Kyrie wasn't even... Kyrie wasn't even primetime Kyrie last night, and it wasn't even a close game. 114-91, home game, top seed on the line, and, th and this is what you do, Boston? But you know what? Like I said, I'm going to give you that respect that the moment was very big. A lot of those players are not prepared for that moment. They got punched in the mouth. They didn't recover. That doesn't make them soft. It just shows you that emotions play a big role. And these big time games and these big time national nationally televised days out promoted game. They, this game was already in motion weeks out. We knew that about a week or so out. We knew that this game was going to matter a lot. And the worst thing that could have happened to Boston, the young team that's never been in this spot was to get punched in the face. And they got punched in the face. The worst thing that could have happened to them was Isaiah Thomas's kids act, acting like they saw Mickey Mouse when they saw LeBron James pregame. Like, what's happening here? You should have been dapping up daddy. Man, oh man. I'm a little, I'm slightly, I'm slightly disappointed because I, I, you know, I, I was starting to buy in the boss and I thought Boston would show up. But unlike certain media types, I'm not going to. I'm not going to lose my mind and say they didn't show up. I'm going to say that they showed up and got punched in the face really hard. And they didn't know how to deal with that on that level. So to the Boston fans, I got to stop the music. To the Boston fans out there, you know, and to the Celtics who, who didn't show up last night. All I can say to you for your performance in the 23-point loss is this. For the Cleveland Cavaliers, that performance last night was perfect. Need I say more? I want to. I want to keep the topic on LeBron though. Let's 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 keep it right there. LeBron James. Let me get my my Drizzy back in the background. I like that record. That's one of my favorite Drake records. Yes, I do listen to Drake. I won't buy his albums like that, but I, I love his singles. He got some bangers. But uh. The latest narrative is, a, is circling around how fatigued the Cavaliers are and more specifically how tired LeBron will be.
by the time the playoffs roll around because of his minutes and his usage, so on and so forth. I'm going to be the sports guy who looks at LeBron James and says, after you get to the finals six straight times, you're going to have to show me you're tired before I go out there and just proclaim that you're tired. That's where I'm at with LeBron. Usually, after the third finals appearance, the team going for four straight or the play, the superstar player going for four straight usually runs out of gas by the second round, maybe the conference finals. But then he got the five straight. Okay, this is an aberration. But then he got the six straight. The nerve of any media type to call LeBron James tired without any real evidence of him being tired. He has to show us. These guys on all these networks are treating LeBron like this is 2K and they have like a stamina meter under LeBron and they already know LeBron is tired because the meter is telling them that he's tired. There's no proof. It's just educated assumptions. That's that's my new phrase <laughs> for these media types. These media types use educated assumptions, not guesses. Educated assumptions to assess these situations. And they have no proof besides the fact that LeBron has gone to six straight finals and he's played a lot of minutes this year and they claim that he's tired. And, what, and it's a little trick that I'm going to put y'all on to here on car sessions. A lot of times these media types with their educated assumptions throw something out that, that won't come to fruition for a few months so that they can say when, when it comes to pass a few months later that I told you it's all prepar- it's, it's all positioning to say that I was right that's what this whole media game is about to, to, to a, a large degree especially what you see on 24 hour networks on television they'll, they'll throw out a take they'll throw out an opinion that might be true educated assumption so that they can harken back to it when it comes to pass and say, I told you, I'm smart, I'm educated. It wasn't an assumption, it, it was an assessment. No, buddy, it's an, it's an educated assumption that you hope comes to pass so that you can look good for throwing it out there when you did. So again, until LeBron James shows me that he's tired, until I see him run out of gas, I don't want to hear a damn thing about LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers being tired. Cut the crap. That's all I want. That's all I got to say about that, man. I don't want to hear anything else about that hot garbage right there. Shifting gears. Let's go to the NFL. Big news out of the NFL has to be Tony Romo retiring. I'm going to be the first to say that I did not see that coming. Tony Romo retiring was never on the menu for me. I didn't believe Romo would retire. I thought he would go play for the Jets. As you guys have heard throughout the NFL season, I had Romo in a Jets uniform next year. But then as the information came out, I was thinking, okay, maybe it'll be the Broncos. Maybe it'll be the Texans. Or maybe it'll be a dark horse team that we're not thinking about right now. Maybe Arizona. I personally wanted Tony Romo in the dome in a warm other town. I felt like the Texans would have been the perfect play because they play in the dome. Some of their road games, I believe, are in controlled environments because I think the AFC South, they, they would go. They go to Indianapolis indoors. Jacksonville is a warm weather, you know, mostly warm. It, it gets a little chilly, but it's not it's not NFC East chilly. 
The only real cold weather game he would have played was Tennessee, depending on when he went to Tennessee. So I kind of wanted him to go there. But all of that is for not right now because he's retired and has made a beeline to CBS, which I feel some type of way about because you're an NFC guy. Why are you going to the AFC network, Tony Romo? But that's besides the point. That's a conversation for another day, actually. I'll get into that a whole while later down, later, 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 later down the road. It makes me wonder if Tony Romo is just taking a year off and is doing, oh, Dallas Cowboy owner Jerry Jones a favor. I say that because trading Tony Romo right now is tough to do because of his cap number. I don't think any team really wants to take on that cap number. Then also, if you just flat out release Tony Romo, it does Dallas a disservice because it'll be a lot of dead money on the cap. So it's like, if he retires, it's the best business move for Jerry Jones. It's the best business move for the Cowboys. Tony Romo's loyalties are to whom? The Cowboys. This is not bad blood. Tony Romo totally understands that his body is brittle Plus a new Dak, a new quarterback in Dak. Oh my goodness, a new quarterback in Dak Prescott means that the Dallas Cowboys had to do business, and by doing business, I mean they had to move on from Romo. There's no justifiable reason to put Tony Romo back in as a starting quarterback after the season Dak Prescott had with your health issues. One plus one equals two. Romo sort of writing on a wall, but he in his heart he's a cowboy. So why would I leave the team that I love, the owner that I love, who treats me like a son, in financial duress when I could take a year off and let this body heal up even more and I could come back next season? This is me reading the tea leaves. I'm on the outside looking in. But if you do your homework, you read your articles, you see what's going on, it's, it's no reason to say that this isn't true. Maybe I'm making an educated assumption, huh? But I'm just saying, I'm looking around and I'm like, there's, there's no reason for Romo to run play next season for teams that he doesn't necessarily, that don't necessarily want him that bad to trade for him. And he doesn't necessarily want to play for them that bad. So it's not a marriage made in heaven. I love the Cowboys. So why would I want to screw them over financially? I could go get paid by CBS for the year and go chill and see y'all next season. So there you have it. That is my assessment. We'll see if I'm right on that one. You know, I, you know, as I always say on call sessions, I don't mind being wrong. But when I look around at this entire landscape, everything and the way things are shaking out, I got to believe that Mr. Romo is just taking the year off and he'll be back next season. And, and, I, and I'll be back here to talk about it. And you know me, I'm not above saying I told you. So I'm like, I told y'all. Sounding like a hole at the, in the beginning of you, me, him, and her. <laughs> but, uh. All the best to Tony Romo. I'm not one of these people who, who bash Romo and says he's not that good. And, he, and they don't understand why he gets the accolades. And, you know, we, we focus on the negative. As a Giants fan, Romo used to get in our asses. I got to say it that way. He used to. When Romo was right, he used to eviscerate us. Don't get me wrong. We had some great moments against Mr. Romo. Some really great moments against Mr. Romo. But let's call a spade a spade. Tony Romo had many a times that we could not stop that man. 
We could not stop Tony Romo from doing what he wanted to do to us many occasions. So am I sad to see him go? Absolutely not. I am glad to see a young quarterback who still hasn't mastered the art of quarterback and that we can take advantage of in Dak Prescott. Tony Romo can go, and I don't mind if we never see him again. I'm not going to bash him. I'm, I'm going to call it what it is. Romo used to roast us. When Romo was right, he roasted him some giants. So salute to Tony Romo. Not a first battle Hall of Famer, but it wouldn't surprise me being that the years he put in as the Cowboys quarterback, if he gets in maybe third or fourth ballot. But Tony Romo will be a Hall of Famer. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. I don't want to hear anything from y'all on that, on that front. Mr. Romo will be a Hall of Famer. Don't debate me. <laughs> Last but not least, a lot of a lot of a lot, a lot of rumors about Richard Sherman possibly getting traded by the Seattle Seahawks. I don't think I'm buying it. I think there's a bigger story here. The networks have been covering it. The, the the articles have been covering it, and it's about the fact that Richard Sherman might have worn out his welcome in Seattle. You know the the quote, you know the quotes in the media, the sideline blowups that the team said he apologized for, and then he said that he never apologized for it. You know the, the back and forth, the friction that is there, going back. Going at the offensive coordinator for getting cute in the Super Bowl, so on and so forth. I don't believe that the Seattle Seahawks have any intentions of trading Richard Sherman. What I think is happening here is is that they're trying to reel him in a bit. I think they're trying to shake things up. I don't want to say maim him. But they want to chill him out a little bit by showing him that we can move you. You are not untouchable here. In a snap of a finger, you could be gone. Don't think that because you're one of the top corners in the league that makes you indispensable to us. In all actuality, he is indispensable. They need him in Seattle. But Seattle, at this point, they've gotten frustrated to where they have to make decisions. And if this cornerback is going to keep being insubordinate... Being a quote-unquote distraction, we know how NFL teams don't like distractions. We have to do what we have to do to at least show to either move on from this guy, which we really don't want to do, or to at least show this guy that we're not playing. You got to chill, or we will move on from you. And I think that's what's happening here. I think the biggest issue with the Seattle Seahawks and Richard Sherman, which is going entirely underreported. It's the fact that I still don't believe that Richard Sherman has recovered from that second Super Bowl loss. I believe that if you guys, if you guys can go back, you know, NFL films or even go on YouTube, look at what happened. Look at his look look at his highly emotional reaction when Russell Wilson threw that interception. That was pure disappointment. The body was flailing everywhere. The facial expressions. It was pure. It was like pure disappointment. Pure anger. Pure confusion. Pure roller coaster from the highs of the one of the best catches by Curse. 
Beast Mode taking it to the one-yard line to the lows of an interception on a pass play that should not have happened in the first place. He hasn't recovered. Some guys are not built to just keep going forward. It's not to say that he's soft, but some guys, when you have that big of a disappointment, that level of a disappointment, it is hard to just move on. And being that it's nearly impossible to get to the Super Bowl, unless you're the Patriots, when you get there, you got to cash out. You got to cash out when you get there. You don't play games. You don't gamble with Super Bowls. You get your money, and you cash out with that Lombardi trophy. And, and Richard Sherman... Two seasons later, has not recovered, and he's lost some trust in the coaches, and he's lost trust in the organization. And we're seeing all of this come to a head now. But ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank y'all for tuning in once again to the Car Session Sports Report. I am your host, Jav, the elite podcaster. The gray area is approaching. Until next time, I'm out of here.